So, just some background before getting into my experiences. I've been practicing astral projection, out-of-body experiences, for the past 23 years. So one morning I floated out of my body and there were several aliens standing around me. And I'll be honest, they were creepy. Pretty sinister vibes. The energy of individuals and entities is something you can easily pick up on while out of body, and I actually picked up on their energy before even seeing who or what they were, before even being able to see my environment as I was shifting out of body, I felt their presence and felt their unique energy signature. So these aliens would make regular appearances for quite some time. And when I say aliens, I simply mean entities that look like the traditional alien. Big black slanted eyes, triangular-shaped head, small skinny bodies. They would affect me with this energy that felt almost artificial in nature. And it had a paralyzing effect on me. They would pull me out of my body without my permission or any intent to leave my body. I've had more strange experiences with these guys than I can fit into a book. I've encountered many different groups or types of aliens during my OBS but I'm talking about one group in particular that looked like the greys but had light orange skin. I've had more encounters with this group by far, and they seem to be lower frequency compared to some of the other groups, some of which I've had rather enlightening and profound experiences with. So the first thing I know about these entities is that they operate in the astral dimensions. They can be found in higher dimensions, and sometimes they actually find you there, especially if you practice astral projection. Many alleged alien abductions seem to actually be cases of people being taken out of body by these aliens and mistaking it for a physical reality experience. Don't get me wrong, both are genuine experiences. They just take place on a different plane of reality. Although I'm certain that many abductions are physical experiences. In my newest episode of my podcast, The Astral Dimensions, I go into detail about some of my experiences with these entities as well as one particular experience in which we communicate and they reveal some pretty interesting information about their purposes and intentions with myself and other humans. You can find it on any podcast opera site if you're interested to hear more. If anyone here has had any kind of alien encounter involving floating out of your body or even just out of your bed, being in a state of paralysis, passing through seemingly solid objects, etc., I'd be interested to hear about it, so feel free to share. Morning, everyone. I don't know where else to post this, but here we go. When I was seven years old, I lived in an upstairs apartment with my parents and little brother. It happened in the morning time, and everyone else was asleep, but I was awake. Laying in my bed near the window, I heard a lady holler out my name three separate times in a hateful, mean demeanor. Sounded pissed. No such lady ever came to the door. Just shouting. I'm 23, and I think about it every day. Haven't had an experience like that ever since it happened. Back in February, I was running a trap line, and the president of the lease I hunt wanted to tag along. He was a great guy, a pastor of a church in town, so I saw no problem with him joining me on the trap line. We were having a great morning, having caught several coyotes, numerous raccoons, and a bobcat. As we approached the end of the line where I had one DP set up, 
I noticed the trap was gone and the ground was torn up all around where the trap had been. We got out of the side-by-side -side and walked down there trying to figure out what had happened to the trap. I always cable my DP off to trees. We were standing where the trap was, discussing what might have happened when I noticed some bark skinned off the tree the trap was angered to. I looked up and found myself nose to nose with an angry raccoon. The stream of words that came out of my mouth in front of the preacher were less than holy. But he got the point rather quickly that I meant to move and move now. We stumbled over each other, crossing the creek to get away from that angry critter. I'd say the best part of the whole ordeal was not getting scolded for using foul language that I rarely ever do. As we continued our journey, we stumbled upon signs of an unknown predator in the area, something that neither of us had ever encountered before. There were tracks that we couldn't identify, and the uneasiness only grew as the day went on. We decided to continue setting traps, but with a newfound caution. The pastor, usually calm and collected, seemed on edge too. We talked about the possibility of an unknown creature lurking in the woods, and although it sounded far-fetched, we couldn't ignore the strange occurrences. As we were setting up another trap, we heard a chilling sound echoing through the forest. It was a guttural growl, unlike anything we had ever heard before. We exchanged concerned glances and decided to pack up our things and head back to the safety of the side-by-side. The unknown predator remained elusive, but the fear of its presence never left us. We hurried through the woods, on high alert for any signs of the mysterious creature. As we reached the side-by-side, -side, we breathed a sigh of relief, feeling a sense of security that we hadn't experienced since encountering the angry raccoon. On our way back, we discussed the possibility of the unknown predator being responsible for the missing trap and the skinned bark on the tree. We agreed that we needed to do more research and inform other hunters in the area about our findings. Our encounter with the unknown predator had brought a sense of camaraderie between us as we bonded over our shared experience. I had been working from home, my eyes growing heavy with each passing hour. I decided to take a quick nap to recharge my energy, so I locked the back door, drew the curtains, and settled down on the couch. I drifted off to sleep, the gentle hum of the air conditioner lulling me into a deep slumber. In my dream, I was walking through a beautiful meadow filled with vibrant wildflowers, the scent of lavender and roses filling the air. Suddenly, my dream took a darker turn. I felt as if I was being watched, my every step followed by an unseen presence. I spun around trying to locate the source of my unease, but I found nothing but empty shadows. I jolted awake, my heart pounding in my chest. As I slowly came to my senses, I noticed a chilling draft blowing through the room. Glancing around, I saw that the back door was wide open. Panic set in as I tried to recall if I had left it open by mistake, but I knew for certain that I had locked it before my nap. I jumped to my feet, my mind racing with thoughts of what could have happened. I grabbed the nearest object for protection, a heavy book, and cautiously approached the open door. Peering outside, I saw no sign of an intruder or any disturbance. Feeling a mix of fear and confusion, I closed and locked the door once again. I couldn't shake the unsettling feeling that someone had been inside my home, watching me as I slept. The more I thought about it, the more I suspected that my landlord was responsible. He had always been a bit peculiar, 
and it was not entirely out of the realm of possibility that he had a spare key. The first time I set foot in Eldermiss National Park, a remote and sprawling wilderness, shrouded in ancient secrets, I knew my life was about to change forever. As a dedicated park ranger, I had spent years patrolling various terrains, but Eldermist was different. A place whispered about in hushed tones, where legends of supernatural forces were woven into the fabric of the land itself. My initial assignments were routine. Checking trails, maintaining campsites, and ensuring the safety of the few brave souls who ventured into this vast expanse of untamed beauty. The air was thick with an otherworldly energy, a sense that I was an intruder in a realm that had existed long before humanity ever set foot here. It wasn't long before I began to notice the peculiarities, the oddities that defied rational explanation. Unsettling shadows danced on the periphery of my vision, darting behind ancient trees and disappearing into the underbrush. Whispered voices carried on the wind, murmuring secrets I could never quite discern. Symbols, strange and intricate, were etched into the bark of trees, as if marking a hidden path through the forest that only those attuned to its mysteries could follow. As the days turned into weeks, my curiosity morphed into an obsession. I became consumed by the need to uncover the truth behind these eerie occurrences. With each new patrol, each maintenance routine, I ventured deeper into the heart of the park, driven by an insatiable desire to decipher its enigmatic language. One moonlit night, as I stood beneath the ancient boughs of a colossal oak, a revelation struck me like a bolt of lightning. These occurrences were not mere chance or tricks of the mind. They were a deliberate message, a calling from the depths of the forest itself. Determined to unveil the truth, I followed the symbols etched into the trees, guiding me deeper into the labyrinthine heart of the wilderness. My journey led me to a clearing where a flickering fire cast eerie shadows across the gnarled roots of the trees. There, amidst the dancing flames, I beheld a chilling tableau, an ancient cult, draped in tattered robes and adorned with bone and feather trinkets, performing a dark and forbidden ritual. Their chants resonated with an otherworldly power, invoking the malevolent spirits that dwelled within the very essence of the forest. Trapped by the gravity of the scene before me, I realized, with a sinking heart, that I had stumbled upon an age, old pact, between humanity and the supernatural. These cultists sought to harness the power of the forest spirits, to wield forces beyond their comprehension for their own nefarious purposes. And in the midst of their right, they turned their attention to me, their eyes glowing with an unholy fervor. With a primal instinct, I retreated into the shadows, my heart racing and my breath coming in ragged gasps. I was trapped alone in the heart of Eldermiss National Park, pursued by forces that defied the laws of nature. The cultists... Driven by their insatiable hunger for power, would stop at nothing to ensure their ritual success, even if it meant making me their next sacrifice. My days and nights blurred together, a desperate struggle to survive against the malevolent forces that now consumed the park. I evaded the cultists' relentless pursuit, piecing together the fragments of ancient knowledge that might grant me a shred of power against them. 
With each passing moment, the boundary between the mundane and the supernatural grew thinner, until it was as if I existed on the precipice of two worlds, one of reality and one of ancient eldritch power. As the final confrontation drew near, I knew that the fate of the park, perhaps even the world, hung in the balance. Armed with newfound knowledge and a determination forged in the crucible of unimaginable horrors, I confronted the cultists in a climactic battle that would determine the very fate of Eldermiss National Park. In the end, as the echoes of their chants faded into the night, the forces they had summoned were banished back into the depths from which they came. The forest fell into a heavy silence, as if sighing in relief, and I stood amidst the aftermath, bloodied and battered but victorious. Cult had been vanquished, the ancient pact shattered, and the park's supernatural secrets once again hidden beneath the surface. With my task complete, I left Eldmist National Park, forever changed by the harrowing ordeal. The shadows and whispers had been silenced, but the memory of that haunting experience would forever linger, a reminder that in the heart of the wilderness ancient forces lie dormant, waiting for those brave or foolish enough to seek them out. I'll never forget that eerie night in the wilderness. It was a camping trip like no other, filled with inexplicable encounters and strange occurrences. We stumbled upon a massive footprint, larger than anything we had ever seen before, and couldn't resist capturing photographs as evidence of our astonishing find. As we examined the area further, we discovered signs that something large had bedded down nearby, confirming our suspicions that we were not alone. As the evening settled in, the atmosphere became charged with an otherworldly energy. Strange noises echoed through the surrounding woods, and our senses were on high alert. Through the flickering glow of the campfire and lanterns, we started to catch glimpses of glowing red eyes peering back at us from the darkness. The presence of these mysterious beings unnerved some of our group members, and they urged us to leave. Reluctantly, we began to pack up our belongings. It was then that my wife placed our three-year-old daughter in her car seat. To our astonishment, our young daughter turned to my wife and calmly recounted seeing a big monkey leaning over the car, peering through the window at her. The revelation sent chills down our spines, confirming that there was indeed something extraordinary happening in our midst. Despite the initial fear and uncertainty, we decided to return to the same location on several occasions. As we became more familiar with these enigmatic creatures, we realized that they were not a threat to us. They would playfully run through our camp, causing a commotion and shaking our campers. They would even toss small objects at us, but never with the intent to harm rather than hurling large rocks in our direction. Their projectiles consisted of pine cones, landing harmlessly nearby. We surmised that these beings had their own sense of mischievousness and curiosity. They seemed to understand that we posed no danger to them, and in turn they did not pose a threat to us. Our coexistence became a peculiar dance, with the daytime hours devoted to our exploration of their territory, searching for any signs they might have left behind. However, it was during the nighttime when their true nature would come alive, as they reveled in their nocturnal activities. 
Intrigued by the unexplained, I joined a research group that specialized in studying these elusive creatures. They discovered that my ability to imitate their calls and screams proved effective and attractive in attracting their attention. It was an incredible and sometimes unnerving experience to have them respond to my calls, as if they recognized the familiar sounds of their own kind. The wilderness holds many secrets, and my encounters with these creatures, and my encounters with these creatures have left an indelible mark on my life. The stories and experiences I have accumulated through these interactions only deepen my fascination with the unknown. Though the world may dismiss such accounts as mere folklore, for those who have witnessed the unexplained, it is a reminder that our understanding of the natural world is far from complete. First of all, I have kept this to myself for many years, for fear that people would say we were nuts. It was early summer, late spring. My brother and I were test driving his new Toyota pickup. I guess it would be south and east of the Mill Creek watershed near the wash. Oregon border. We had just crossed Mill Creek and passed the watershed entrance about a mile or so up the hill. The road was gravel, and one side was steep embankment down into the gorge, and the other went straight up. We had stopped to take a leak on the side of the road. As I stand there, I looked across the gorge. It was approximately 100 yards. And there on an old tree stump was this thing, just standing there motionless looking at us. It was about 2.30 or so in the afternoon, clear sunny day, about 75 degrees. I quickly turned to my brother, who was standing at the other end of the truck, and told him to look up on the hill. We both stood there looking at this thing look at us for a good five minutes, or so. Then, as if it were never there, it turned and disappeared into the trees. It looked like a large, hairy man, kind of brownish, with dark streaks and patches on the shoulders and hips and legs. It moved so quickly, it was there one second gone the next. I do not recall any significant smells, but it was big whatever it was. We could not get to the area where it was standing due to the terrain, so we could not see if there were any tracks. But if they are out there, that area above Walla Walla is where they are. It sends a chill down my spine whenever I think about that unsettling incident back in mid-2014. I was living and working as a berry picker in Sala, Lapland, Finland at the time. The vast, picturesque landscapes of Lapland had always captivated me, but little did I know that I would soon be caught up in a bewildering mystery. It was a typical day, and as evening approached, I found myself waiting for a lift back to my apartment. I remember making a call to my contact, eager to share something unusual that had been unnerving me. Something weird is following me. It's like a dog or something, I whispered into the phone. Fear tingled in the back of my mind. But before I could delve deeper into the conversation, my cell phone abruptly switched off. It was either a drained battery or a deliberate act on my part. What happened next is still shrouded in confusion and unanswered questions. I vanished without a trace. Despite exhaustive efforts by the authorities, no tracks were found in the vicinity, neither human nor animal. The mysterious disappearance prompted a police investigation, initially labeling it a total mystery. However, their stance swiftly changed, 
dismissing it as an animal attack and ceasing further search operations. It seemed as if they were intentionally diverting attention and downplaying the incident, urging everyone to move on. The search parties, initially composed of Finnish military and police personnel, were abruptly disbanded. The involvement of my co-workers, who knew me well and spoke my language, was severely restricted. What started as a joint effort gradually transformed into a military and police operation shrouded in secrecy. They discovered a bucket of berries in my intact clothes at the scene, which the police later claimed were left there by my co-workers. It struck me as odd that they hadn't handed over these items directly to the officials, instead choosing to abandon them deep within the forest. No traces of blood, no footprints, no signs of struggle or any clue as to what could have happened to me. In the area where I vanished, bears and wolves are known to inhabit, but their behavior didn't align with the circumstances surrounding my disappearance. Bears tend to avoid humans, and wolf attacks typically occur in packs. So, what was the strange creature that I saw, and why did I abruptly end the phone call out of fear? The only description provided was that of a large, dog-like, dark animal. There was no information regarding whether it walked on two legs or not. What perplexes me even more is the subsequent silence surrounding the incident. The Finland National Broadcast Network, ILA, which was then state-owned, has erased any mention of the case from its website. The mainstream Finnish media has remained conspicuously silent, with only tabloids occasionally alluding to the incident. It strikes me as odd because in our small country, even minor events make national news. While it's possible to attribute this to a mere animal attack, the circumstances surrounding the incident leave me uneasy. The abrupt end to my phone call, the heavy military presence, the removal of information from the news, and the swift conclusion of the search operation all raise red flags. Additionally, the description of the creature itself defies logical explanation, as does the absence of any tracks. In that area, the only plausible options for a large, dark creature are bears or perhaps moose. But bear attacks on humans are rare, and I cannot recall any such incidents. In previous encounters involving bears, they would stumble upon someone and quickly retreat. The truth behind what happened to me remains elusive, buried beneath a veil of secrecy and unanswered question. It serves as a haunting reminder that even in the serene beauty of Lapland's wilderness, there are enigmas lurking just beyond our understanding. I had a disturbing experience when I was younger. My family was on a day trip by car, and we stopped at a fast food restaurant to eat. We walk in, and immediately I was overcome with a sense of extreme dread and fear. I soon noticed a man eating by himself. He was pale, skinned, and wearing a white pullover shirt. He also had on a yellow knitted cap. The hair was sticking out of it, as if he had been wearing this for a long period of time. I was extremely frightened with a feeling of evil that was overwhelming. His looks didn't alarm me, but his aura was ominous. I immediately lost my appetite because of my sense of terror. I couldn't help but look over at this man. He was also moving in very slow and deliberate. As I looked closer, his fingernails were long and bluish in color. 
His eyes were black, which stood out against his pale skin. I tried to get my parents to notice, but they continued talking. Apparently no one else was picking up this vibration of malevolence. Eventually, I abruptly interrupted their conversation and said, Look at that man over there while nodding in his direction. My father turned and said, Which man? That quickly the strange man had disappeared. There was no trace of him. I had only taken my eyes off of him for a few seconds. He simply vanished. I still felt his presence. In fact, I felt like he was near me for the rest of the day. I have never had that same feeling since that day, but I know I've seen the same strange man on several occasions. I truly believe that the he was actually there and that he somehow disappeared into an alternate realm. I had been a police officer for ten years and had seen my fair share of strange things, but nothing could have prepared me for what I encountered at Graceland Cemetery. It was a quiet night just past midnight when the call came in. There had been reports of strange activity at the cemetery, and I was the closest officer on duty. As I made my way through the winding roads leading to the cemetery, I couldn't shake off the feeling that something was off. When I arrived, I saw that the gate was wide open. It was strange since the cemetery was supposed to be closed for the night. I walked cautiously into the cemetery, my flashlight guiding my way. As I approached a particular gravestone, I saw a figure standing near it. At first, I thought it was just a person paying their respects to the deceased. But as I got closer, I realized that this was no ordinary person. It was a tall figure with a pale complexion and piercing red eyes. It was like nothing I had ever seen before. I tried to call out to it, but it just stood there, staring at me. Suddenly, the figure started to move towards me. I tried to back away, but I was rooted to the spot. It was then that I realized that I was facing something beyond my understanding. It was like the creature was toying with me, playing with my mind. I don't remember how long I stood there, frozen in fear. But the next thing I knew, the creature was gone, vanished into the night. I was left alone with my thoughts, trying to make sense of what I had just experienced. In the days that followed, Mineral Point was gripped by a strange epidemic of mass hysteria. People reported seeing the same creature I had encountered in the cemetery. It was like a vampire had descended upon our quiet town, and there was no escaping its grasp. Over the years, there were sudden outbreaks and bizarre crimes that were attributed to the Mineral Point vampire. But despite all efforts to catch the creature, it remained elusive, always lurking in the shadows, waiting for its next victim. Now, years later, I still can't shake off the memory of that fateful night. The Mineral Point vampire may be gone, but the fear it instilled in me remains. Every time I pass by Graceland Cemetery... I can't help but wonder if the creature is still out there, waiting for its next victim. Okay. I will first start this with saying, I've never believed in the mythical creature crap. But after what I saw, I kind of have changed my mind. I was walking in the woods behind my house last Monday. I was on a dirt road and all of a sudden I heard a very, very, very loud thump on the ground, like if a 20,000-pound bull could run. And I kind of ran to try to get a glimpse of it, thinking it was a deer. 
I saw a person-like figure. Very, very dark. It could have been dark because of shadows or whatnot. The time was five in the afternoon, by the way. Broad daylight. Anyway, it was kind of skinny, but not really. It looked like it had horns, but I couldn't really tell because I only saw it for a split second before it absolutely bolted off. And any time I go in the woods, I carry a gun. I decided to carry a shotgun today. Seeing what I thought was some meth-head or mythical creature, I pulled my shotgun off of my back and kept walking a little down the road, and I immediately called my friend and told him what happened. I wasn't worried in the moment considering I had a gun because nothing is bulletproof, and I kept walking and I got a feeling to just turn around. So that's what I did. After processing what I saw the whole way home I was looking behind my shoulder, I would take about two steps and look behind me. But whatever I saw it didn't make any noises, it just ran off. It didn't make any noises, it just ran off, it didn't trot off like a deer, it ran like a person. I told my brother today about it, and he told me that within the year he was outside at night with our dad just in my driveway, and he saw something hunched over, no hair, pointy ears and grayish in color run past, probably about 30 miles per hour, from a corner of the house to a car parked right. Next to it, this was about 10 feet away from him, by the way, and he at first thought it was a person, and he went and looked behind the car, and there wasn't anything there. He also looked under and didn't see anything. He said it was absolutely quiet as well. He asked our dad if he heard or saw anything, and he said no. So he didn't know what he saw. The thing my brother described didn't sound like what I saw, but I believe him. I wonder how long this creature or creatures have been out there. I'm very creeped out, though, and I really don't want to go back out there anyway. I'm not asking you to believe me because just a week ago, if I read this, I would say this is fake ass, but not any damn more. I'm just asking for some help to understand what I saw.